This is Series 3, Episode 2 of Encounter Points. Well, Bill, how are you this fine day? Oh, very fine, Ken. How are you doing? I am well myself. Thank you for inquiring. <laughs> well, Bill, tonight we're going to talk about something that's actually, at this point, almost, well, it's it's over 55 years old. And that is uh, the documents of the Second Vatican Council, specifically those that deal with the idea of social communications. Yes. And so we're digging a little deep for, you know, most of the people that listen to this we are, for the most part, post-Vatican II Catholics. Uh, and that right. means that the Second Vatican Council, the, the last great meeting of bishops from around the world uh, that was uh, took place at the Vatican from 1962 to 1965, was uh, a watershed moment in the church because it, uh, it was an opportunity for the church to come together, the leadership of the church to come together and to, uh, as uh, the great Pope St. John the 23rd, who called the council said to throw open the windows yes. and to, uh, experience a kind of a renewal in the church, specifically in how the church relates to the, the world, the modern world. Uh, and it produced many important teachings that we are still continuing this day to implement, including a few documents. One that was the very first council document ever to deal specifically with communications. Right. And that document was called the Decree on the Media of Social Communications, Intermerifica, which was, uh, as they say, solemnly promulgated by Pope Paul VI, now Pope St. Paul VI, on December 4th, 1963. So this is one of the very first documents that the council actually produced and sent out into the world. It was written and signed and promulgated the same day as the, the very first document of the council, which was uh, Sacrosanctum Concilium. But this one is on social communication. So whereas the council that day, the first document was dealing with the liturgy, which is very much how we worship together as a community, this particular document, document Intermerifica, is how the church communicates both internally and externally to the world. Right. And so uh, we thought it would be important to begin here because this is the Second Vatican Council is that touch point for the church uh, that has, again, we continue to implement for over the last 55, uh, almost 60 years. That's right. And that metaphor of uh, opening wide the, uh, the window uh, of the church certainly implies that communication would be part of the phenomenon of the council. And it was, I think, not only exciting and foresighted, almost prophetic for the uh, fathers of the council to be realizing that, uh, hey, if we're opening those windows and we want to be in closer contact, uh, let's really talk about the means of communication that have uh, flourished and uh, uh, really proliferated in recent times because uh, God's message and God's love must be embodied in those in those uh, channels of communication, the media. That's right. So let's take a kind of an approach 
tonight in this episode, we're going to basically kind of work forward through the document. And then we will have a chance to add a kind of commentary as we have seen it in our own experience and even as some of the other documents of the council commented and extended some of these these thoughts. And of course, you'll be able to find a link to the document itself in the show notes. Intermorifica is the uh, is this document. Beginning very much from the introduction, uh, the church is calling to mind and saying the most important of these inventions of modern time are those media which, such as the press, movies, radio, television, and the like, can of their very nature reach and influence not only individuals, but the very masses and the whole of human society. Mm-hmm. So, here, I mean, the church begins and says, look, media actually doesn't just change individuals, but it affects the society itself. Mm-hmm. And then they go on to introduce a phrase to the world, which is vital. They can thus rightly be called the media of social communication. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is particularly interesting because this is the first time that such a phrase had been used. According to a commentary that I read on this particular document, the expression social communication, which is now used, you know, throughout the world. I mean, we, we think about social communication in general. It points out that it's not just the idea of mass media, but it's actually a broader understanding of communication because it includes all forms and ways of communicating in human society from not just storytelling where we're all sitting and watching a story like on a television show, but also into the human interaction that takes place on modern days, like on the internet. You know, when we think of Twitter, we think of Facebook, we think of the various forms of what we even call social media. Right. This idea comes from the Second Vatican Council. Yes. And it reflects the very broad picture and the very broad context that the council was taking when it uh, it described communications media, that it, it, it's uh, about content uh, and context, mm-hmm. and it's about the impact on individuals, it's the impact on societies, uh, national societies, for instance, communities, right, and then also just the world, uh, which uh, the, the the global ecology, uh, uh, which uh, uh, the I did see a mention, uh, I believe it was in Intermorifica, of the environment of communications, and it made me think of more recent uh, uh, papal references to human ecology, uh, yes. uh, because everything is connected. Right, right, absolutely, and the fact is that the communication that we do. All, not only does it affect the, the community that is receiving it, but it also creates, it creates community itself because we think of, think of the idea of fan bases of a podcast or right. a fan base of, of uh, a television show or something like that. A community is created even there That's around right. this very form of communications proper. Yes, exactly. So in the it fosters community and affects community. At exactly. The same time. And this, and church is all about community, so we want to bring God's love and God's message uh, and the church's uh, uh, wisdom and service to community. There you go. So chapter one on the teaching of the church, I want to move forward so that we can keep this going. Paragraph five speaks about how we as a people have uh, a basic human right to information Mm-hmm. And that the media and the the forms of social media, social communication actually address this. The document says, 
Clearly, this has become the most useful and very often necessary progress of contemporary society and for achieving closer links among men. Uh, The prompt publication of affairs and events provides every individual with a fuller continuing acquaintance with them, and thus all can contribute more effectively to the common good and more readily promote and advance the welfare of the entire civil society. Mm -hmm. So the church says, therefore, in society, men have a right to information in accord with the circumstances in each case about matters concerning individuals or the community, but the proper exercise of this right demands, however, that the news itself that is communicated should always be true and complete Mm -hmm. within the bounds of justice and charity. Yes. Talk about big picture and full context. It's all about uh, truth. It's all about uh, comprehensiveness. And it's about the context and the impact on human dignity. Mm-hmm. So uh, it really is um, a, 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 an interpretation of information that adds gravitas to the, the concept that, unfortunately, we tend to lose today in this torrent of information uh, that we uh, see today, uh, thanks to the internet, etc., uh, we uh, information has been cheapened, but the church in these documents is really saying this is important stuff. It has lots of impact. Right. Absolutely. And I love that emphasis within the bounds of justice and charity. Yes. It's like not everybody has a right to every individual piece of information. Right. Nor is it necessarily proper and uh, you know, charitable to release every detail of every bit of information, right? Yeah. I mean, the salacious details of a murder case or the salacious details of a of an assault, we don't necessarily have a right to that, nor is it in the interest of the people because of what it does to the reputation of the people involved, especially the victim, for right. example. Right. And so the church calls calls our attention to this and says, yes, we have right to information. But that doesn't mean that we have the right to every piece of information that would be improper or uncharitable. As always, the church is combining rights and responsibilities, there responsible use of information. Absolutely. Moving forward, the, uh, the church actually addresses the idea that media also can portray evil in a way that is actually helpful. Yeah. So in paragraph seven, finally, the narration, description, or portrayal of moral evil, even through the media of social communication, can indeed serve to bring about a deeper knowledge and study of humanity, and with the aid of appropriately heightened dramatic effects, can reveal and glorify the grand dimensions of truth and goodness. Yeah. I think here about things like Dante's Inferno, mm-hmm. or Dante's you know Divine Comedy, which portrays true evil and the and then the effects thereof on the soul and on the community and on the individual all of this that depiction one can read and say i want to now be a better person yes most people aren't going to read dante's in inferno and say oh there's a great idea perhaps i'll go and commit adultery so that i can fly around you know with my lover for all eternity no the depiction itself actually teaches and that's what the church is saying is that there is indeed a useful uh, a use for even depicting things that are evil in order to teach. That's right. Yeah, the church is not for the whitewashing of information right. that ev- everything's good and everything's happy. 
the uh, it it certainly is uh, parallel to the church's understanding of human nature right. that uh, you know we're we're uh, created fundamentally good but deeply flawed and hey look uh, the media are telling us this and we should pay attention yeah and they the church does in this document go on to say nevertheless such pres- presentations ought always to be subject to moral restraint uh, given the baneful effect of original sin in men could quite readily arouse base desires isn't in that them. something yes so it's a, a very important point yes we we have to uh, evil in its proper context, always. Correct. Again, the idea of context. Yeah. Is it good? Is it true? Is it helpful? Yes. You know, kind of deal. Yeah. Really powerful. But moving forward into chapter two on the pastoral activity of the church, I have a thought here on paragraph 14. Um, talks about the importance of, of uh, fostering a good press environment. Uh, not just, of course, newspapers, but also radio, television, these sorts of things. The faithful ought to be advised of the necessity both to spread and read Catholic press to formulate Christian judgments for themselves in all events. You know, of course, here in the United States, we are very blessed. Most dioceses have a, a newspaper or, a you know, a form of press that shares the good things going on in the diocese. Uh, also, sometimes, you know, uh, of course, will be uh, we we know very lately, of course, um, we'll be sharing you know some of the some of the baneful things that have happened in the past, you right. know, with the abuse crisis, for example. But the church needs to be honest uh, with itself, but also needs to share the very good things that are going on in the spread of the gospel. Yes, um, and also to help form Christian consciences, as the church says here. All right. Yes, uh, Catholic. Uh a Catholic approach to the media, and particularly the Catholic media, would be uh, filled with um, in, a, an informed approach to the news that's re, that's being reported. Uh, that's, by the way, also uh, uh, the, the church is wise to recommend that because it can be a, a helpful alternative uh, source of uh, information to uh, sometimes overly simplified or simply uh, un, uninformed coverage that the secular media might might provide. Sure, sure. But also it's just you know, the whole idea of evangelization coming from being a witness. We have to be transparent and we have to be uh, desirous of doing good to the other person in our reporting through the Catholic media as well as through uh, the secular media. So it's it's a big responsibility that to certainly embraces far more than just reporting on what the bishop did this week at the uh, Parish A baptism and Parish B confirmation. Right, absolutely. Similarly, effective support should be given to good radio and television programs, says the Intermerifica in paragraph 14. Above all, those that are suitable for families. Catholic programs should be promoted in which listeners and viewers can be brought to share in the life of the church and learn religious truths. An effort should also be made where it may be necessary to set up Catholic stations. 
I've been very blessed in my life to be affiliated with several Catholic radio stations. I know you are here in, in South Bend as yeah. well. And, and uh, I've been had the opportunity to work with Redeemer Radio and, of course, with Modern Day Radio in Portland. Um, in such instances, however, the church says, care must be taken that their programs are outstanding for their standards of excellence and achievement. Yes. It's not enough just to produce a program that, you know, teaches the truths of the Catholic faith. It's got to be compelling. Right. It's got to be to the standards that uh, make it competitive with the other, the countless other choices that people have uh, in their in their media diet. That's right. If it's going to be evangelization in any form, it's got to be enthusiastic. It's got to be well-informed. Yes. It's got to be joyful uh, and, uh, again, uh, devoted to seeking the truth. Yeah. You know, think about, think about, again, Dante's Divine Comedy. It's a poem that teaches the truths of the, the Catholic faith, specifically in regards to the last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Right. That is absolutely compelling. It's considered the great, one of the greatest poems of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's not namby-pamby, you know, poetry. Right. It's, it's art. Purposeful it's and purposeful. artful, yes. Think about that. Not everything is going to be, you know, the divine comedy, but not everything should be just, you know, two <laughs> two knobs sitting in a in a room talking into a can either. Exactly. Oh, wait a minute, sorry. <laughs> that reminds me by the way. <laughs> um go, going uh forward actually because the the document continues in paragraph 15 to say that uh, that in order to do these sorts of things well and excellently, that we need training. Yes. And lay people need training. The priests need training. You know, seminarians, all of these sorts of things need training so that they can get the technical skills that they then combine with, again, that, that deep understanding of what the – of what the church needs and what the work of evangelization needs. Yes. Yeah. So says importantly, laymen ought to be afforded technical doctrinal and moral training for this purpose. The number of school faculties and institutes should be increased where newsmen writers for screen radio and television and all other interested parties can obtain a sound training that is imbued with the Christian spirit, especially with respect to the social teaching of the church. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that call to excellence which, of course, uh, you know, it comes from the Bible's, you know, I call you to a more excellent way. There you and, go. And evangelization has to be uh, compelling in, in, in all of the ways that the rest of the media sets uh, standards. Yeah. And uh, so I, I do like that's one of the that's one of the profound components that Intermerifica uh, set forth that has been repeated in all of those follow-on uh, commentaries for World Communications Day, et cetera, where every every year we're talking about how can communications be more excellent. Right. And it's great that you mentioned that because in paragraph 18, this is a, a fascinating thing. So the church says, moreover, the idea that there should be celebrated a day on which the faithful are instructed in their responsibilities— in this regard, to support and to consume excellent communications. Yes. Uh, that which is edifying and not that which tears apart. They should also be invited to pray and contribute funds for this cause. The church establishes 
what eventually becomes, as you mentioned, World Communications Day. Right. Um, it came several years later. But Pope Paul VI actually implemented this this directive from uh, paragraph 18. Annual messages. Yeah. The annual messages and the World Communications Day, which takes place once a year, mm-hmm. always in the late spring. Right. Because it takes place around the birthday of the church. That's right, Pentecost. Pentecost. Yes. So it's uh, the Sunday, the Sunday before before Pentecost. Pentecost, and uh, and we're we're actually going to get to dive a little deeper into some of those World Communications Day messages in a future episode of this series, uh, because there have been some some absolutely powerful ones, including some that I know you've written extensively about over the past few years. Oh, thank you. Yes, and, and it does fascinate me that the church can play this role of instruction, not just to other Catholics, but to uh, to society, especially in these days when I think so many in society are crying out for greater guidance and greater clarity on what the purpose of the media is and, and how the content and context can be improved. Yeah. Well, this particular day, by the way, World Communications Day, is the only specific day uh, or celebration that was added to the church's calendar by the Second Vatican Council. That's something, Isn't yes. That, and uh, as uh, as the commentary that I read that we'll link to um, by Father Franz Joseph Eilers mentions, they say, on this day, the Council Fathers say that the faithful will, will be reminded of their duties. So there's a theme each year right. uh, for, for the World Communications Day. Its very first celebration was 1967. So right. again, just a few years uh, after this, four years, I guess, after this particular document was uh, implemented or promulgated. And there's, you know, essentially, there, there's been a huge, rich and uh, body of papal teaching on communications, on various aspects of of social communications, as a direct result of this of this particular uh, call. Yes, and it's kind of sad that uh, that great uh, continuing resource isn't better known more widely in in the church, because the church is uniquely suited to be a source of instruction, again, not only to, to Catholics, but, but to society. And, you know, we're not imposing, we're proposing uh, right. this, this instruction, but it's through uh, parishes and through schools and uh, through uh, communities uh, where the church is uh, properly a, a guiding force, striving to be a, a, a blessing to the local community. That's that's where conversations can take place because it's a pre-established community, and it's a place. It's a, we offer the starting points from all of these resources that we're talking about, where people who are lost and at sea about uh, the content and context of modern media, uh, it gives us something to talk about. It gives us a starting point, a common ground, for what we're striving toward. Yeah. The, I'm really glad you mentioned that because the last kind of point that I wanted to make out of Intermorifica comes from paragraph 16, and it is the idea of the formation of intelligent consumers yes. of media. Yes, it's not just the producers. Exactly right. Yeah. So we've we've really spent a lot of time talking about you know filmmakers and, and television people and, and writers and, and journalists and things like that, but it's also vitally important that those who listen to media and watch the shows and read the books and and uh, and tweet the tweets, right. all of these um, have a good grounding themselves. So paragraph 16, since the proper use of the media of social communications calls for instruction proper to their needs, 
uh, programs which are suitable to this purpose should be organized according to Christian principles, as they mm-hmm. say. And this should be done in Catholic schools at every level, okay. in seminaries, and in lay apostolate groups, yes. is what the church is calling for. Now, this is one, perhaps, that has not necessarily been well implemented no, yet, that's I right. don't think. That's right. We tend more in our uh, instructive activities uh, to emphasize uh, traditional uh, catechetics or apologetics, but uh, just as with this whole uh, document, uh, the, the message is that if we want to be fully engaged in uh, the, the, the world and in evangelizing to the world, we have to think in terms of how uh, interactions, how, how relationships are built and shaped uh, through the media and uh, what we were saying earlier, uh, not just uh, the content, but the context, not just the, um, not just the technology of it, but the impact of that technology. Uh, and we can, we can help to bring all of that together in ways that not too many other sources of information or sources of conversation can. Yeah, it's fascinating because we, as lay people, what we choose to listen to and then even promote, you know, I was mentioning earlier, you know, the fan base of a given show or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. we become passionate about it. Driving along, you're going to see, of course, you know, stickers on the back of cars that have, you know, that are the little family stickers, you know, usually stick figures of them, you know, the yes. mom and the dad and the kids. <laughs> yes. Well, of course, then you're, you're going to see those replaced with with um star wars characters you know so um and then so that tells you the people in the car are star wars fans so what they are doing is proclaiming their devotion to a particular piece of media right, right. so what we choose to proclaim what we consume and then choose to proclaim about it says something about us and it also forms the community around us as well. Yes. When you're driving down the street, and this includes, you know, when you're driving down the street with a bumper sticker on your car that says, pray the rosary, and you drive like a jerk, <laughs> guess what? You've actually undercut the message of, you know, that, that, that very positive message. That's right. You know, and I think about it when I have a Redeemer radio sticker on my car. It's like, don't cut people off because they're going to think, well, gosh, that guy listens to Catholic radio and therefore, and drives like a jerk. Therefore, you know, they're going to think less of Redeemer radio. They're going to think less of me. All of these sorts of things, right? Yes. It's yeah. undercutting the actual message. So in, in a sense, we need to be cognizant of what we proclaim and share in regards to what, what, a, we're fans of and what we are consuming. Exactly. And we're sharing much more now than we ever did before. It's always been the case, as you say, that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find ways to convey various messages, uh, you know, on the public highways and in uh, 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 social discourse in general. But now that power has been, uh, you know, qu- quantum leaped through the social media, et cetera. So we're all, in a sense, uh, journalists, and we all have to maintain that sense of responsibility. Uh, but also we, we might as well acknowledge and be very consciously aware of the fact that we are messengers. We are transmitting information and how to do it best, uh, how to do it while respecting the dignity of, of all people, and while still uh, 
sharing some common ground and search for truth and trust, mutual trust. Uh, that's the only way we can uh, proceed. So it's a big responsibility, but at the local level there in parishes and families, we can we can have a, a good start on the challenge ahead. Yeah. Well, now in our last few moments, do you have any thoughts from maybe even other documents of the of the council that would be appropriate to share here? Well, it's a good point to mention that Intermerifica was one of the first documents and very much in line with the whole spirit of communication, of opening the window, of getting engaged with the world. Uh, I think in particular of um, et Spes and uh they they obviously in 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 that document talked a lot about uh, having a responsibility to uh, leisure time a responsibility toward the proper use mm. of leisure time because mm-hmm. leisure time is what allows us to relax and rest which the Lord clearly wants but also to create culture and uh, to uh, create new opportunities for. Uh, expressing our diversity, but also our similarity. And uh, so in this document, in, in Intermerifica, it is opened up to not just news and information, but to entertainment media, etc. So it, it uh, the the embrace of everything that's going on in society through Vatican II and in Gaudium et Spes is just narrowed down more uh, focused d- down a bit in intermerifica, but is part and parcel of a very exciting phenomenon that happened there in the '60s, and and is a renewal of of the church in in very real ways that uh, obviously go on uh, every day now. Yeah, well, and what I was reminded of, you know, you talk about the renewal of the church. I was reminded of from the decree on the apostolate of the laity uh-huh. of the of the council that they mentioned that our job as lay people is actually to renew the whole temporal order as well yes. so that which is outside the walls of the church so uh, for example in uh, in paragraph 7 of that particular decree the council said the laity must take up the renewal of the temporal order as their own special obligation, led by the light of the gospel and the mind of the church and motivated by Christian charity. Mm. So this isn't – I mean this is a service out of love for the world. Yes. They must act directly and in a definite way in the temporal sphere. As citizens, they must cooperate with other citizens with their own particular skill and on their own responsibility. Everywhere and in all things, they must seek the justice of God's kingdom. So again, remember before, when we were talking about the right to information, you mentioned that information should be shared within the bonds of justice and charity. Right. Right? Responsibilities. Responsibility. The temporal order, as the uh, document goes on to say, must be renewed in such a way that without detriment to its own proper laws, so within the the ways that the temporal world works, um, it may be brought into conformity with the higher principles of the Christian life and adapted to the shifting circumstances of time, place, and peoples. Uh, And preeminent among the works of this type of apostolate is that of Christian social action, which the Sacred Synod desires to see extended to the whole temporal sphere, including culture. I love it. So this idea that we we are in love with the world because the world was created by God and is very good, yes. as he tells us yes. in Genesis. But we are to renew the temporal culture, the temporal sphere, 
out of our own development as Christians. And, yes. and they had this wonderful turn of phrase earlier in this particular document on the decree that I, I kind of want to end with. And it is that, uh, again, speaking to those of us who work in media or even dabble in it as volunteers, as, as you and I do here on the podcast, they should also hold in high esteem professional skill, right? family and civic spirit, and the virtues relating to social customs, namely honesty, justice, sincerity, kindness, and courage, without which no true Christian life can exist. That beautiful. Yes, the whole big picture is enwrapped in that. Right. Act out of virtue and work to renew the, the entire temporal culture, especially through the expertise that you have. If you're in media, be honest, be courageous, be true, be sincere, be kind, yeah. all of these sorts of things. They all contribute both to your sanctification and to the sanctification of the entire world. Yes. And I liked that other list of uh, words that you mentioned, time, place, people, culture. In other words, the the church is about remembering these aspects of communication that so often get lost in today's communications culture, what uh, Pope Francis has called the digitalized culture. We're losing our sense of time, place, and people, and it all becomes about the the bits and the bites, and that's no way to move communication forward. Right. Well, Bill, we have so much more to talk about, to unpack out of this, but for tonight, I think we should we should leave it right there and always leave them wanting more, as they Amen. say. Amen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, you'll read uh, great documents in the show notes, you know, references to the, the commentaries and these original documents themselves and some things that the, the Vatican has promoted upon the 50th anniversary Lots of the document of itself. Lots yeah. of resources. So, uh, And then we'll come back next week and we'll, we'll explore a bit more about uh, the World Communications Day messages. Ah, very fine. And yeah. then we'll also have to go into some of the other documents that flowed out of of the later kind of commentaries on these proper two. Yep. So. Uh, the, the process will not end. It's a beautiful ongoing communication process. That it is. See you next week. See you. Thank you for joining us for our conversation. You can subscribe to hear future episodes at our website, EncounterPoints.com. Our theme music is Leaves by Airtone, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We hope to encounter you in the next episode of Encounter Points. <laughs>